You're listening to the Living Adventures Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Ashley Milkey and Victoria Vance. Tune in for a new episode every Thursday to hear our honest conversations about topics like freedom, creativity, spirituality, luxury living, health and wellness, and above all else, building community. We have real and unfiltered conversations inspired by our search to feel connected to people who give a shit about us, support our dreams, and understand our struggles. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to navigate any moment in your life with the lens of your neurodivergent mind, with a community who gets you. Adventure on. Hello. Yep. There you go. There it is. Welcome to the Living Adventures podcast. And as Victoria said, it's back damn time um, because we've been sitting here for 13 minutes having technical difficulties. But welcome to the Living Adventures podcast. I'm Ashley Milky. This is Victoria Vance. And we are so pumped to chat. I'm especially pumped to chat because I haven't seen Victoria in a week because, hello, it hasn't even been a week. It's been like a few days because she is in Mexico while I'm stuck in Boston. If you're watching us on video, peep the flannel vibes and peep whatever she's wearing that's very much not flannel uh how has mexico been so far i'm jealous um it's hot it's a little stressful but it's been good overall i i'm just figuring a lot of things out which is just generally like it makes it harder to do like extra and fun things because it's like i'm trying to keep meeting my basic needs and i'm having to like focus on that and i'm like tired of that Mm. and so it's like extra draining and so that part sucks yeah i was thinking about like everything that you're going through and obviously victoria's been texting me all weekend and i'm like (laughs) if this is a lesson in like hyper independence i don't know what is victoria sent me a picture on like what saturday night and there was a lizard on her wall and i was like oh yeah that's a thing because i lived in florida for seven years so like you know it's just like the south vibes there's just lizards sometimes but the thing is when there was lizards in my spaces i had adrian and he he always caught them with a cup and i I just stood on the bed only one time did a lizard jump on my legs and so victoria's like what do i do i'm like you need to get a cup <laughs> whatever happened what happened to the lizard so i never caught it so it oh very God. much could still be here i have no idea i have not seen him and every night i go to bed and i look around like because it was basically like i have like this door in my um bedroom and i look where it was around the air conditioner and i have not seen it i don't go near <laughs> that door i'm just I don't know. Like, it could literally be anywhere in here. Or it could be gone. I genuinely think it came in through the air conditioner because I didn't have any windows open. You're roommates now. It's fine, you know? Um, Is there anything else? (laughs) Roommates with a lizard. Did you name him? I would have named him. I kind of named him Asshole, if I'm honest. (laughs) Because I was like, where are you, Asshole? (laughs) And it took forever to find a plastic cup because I was like, I don't want to do it with a glass cup. Because you're like, I would have done it with a No, because like, what if I broke it? Because like, they move so fast. So I'm like thinking of like slamming it too hard or whatever. Like, I'm going to break the cup. So I was like, okay, I have to find a plastic cup. So I had to like come out here and find a plastic cup and everything. Then the next day I woke up and the ant situation started. And so I'm having like an ant infestation and I don't know how to take out my trash. And I I mean, you know this, I messaged my Airbnb person and they're like, oh yeah, just leave it for the duration of your stay. And I'm like, I'm here for two months. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like this isn't like a cute little one weeker. (laughs) If it was a one week, like sure. But I'm like, girl, like I've already filled up the trash can. I have a pizza box now here. Like the stove doesn't work. So now I'm ordering out all the time. The security people are judging me. Also, my water thing broke. So it's like, it has like a a pump thing to pull like those like water gallon things out um it basically it doesn't work now and i messaged them i was like i think it just needs like a charger because it has like a charger but that's the only one that i didn't bring like that type of cord if i was in the us i'd walk down to like 7-eleven and buy that i walked down to the oxo does not sell the cord and i was just like okay i don't even want to buy it. it's not even my place or anything and they haven't gotten back to me i have i'm oh like should i just start putting my trash out on the deck also i didn't tell you this is i think i live near like two dumps Basically, if I walk this way or if I walk that way, you just walk by like a property that just has like trash in it. It's just like a dump almost. And I'm like, do I just go bring my trash there? Totally. Or will I get it? Must be the vibe. I already got yelled at so many times. I don't know. I'm not doing anything yet. I'm. I have literally no idea what I should be doing. But I'm thinking about Ooh, I, the deck. I feel the stress. I feel it. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Meeting your basic needs: food, water. Throwing out garbage. Ant oh, yesterday trying to order lunch at um, 11 a.m. because it's normally like 12 p.m. Uh, in Boston. And so the issue is like they don't serve lunch till like 1 to 2 here. Oh so then I ordered God. lunch at like 
4 or 5 p.m. Oh AKA my dinner. God. Well, good thing you're there for two months. Like, so, like, a chaotic week is okay because you'll find your groove and then everything will, like, kind of fall into place. Or else, like, if you were only there for a week and, like, this was your week experience, I would have been like, um, maybe not. Maybe that's not the I vibe. I mean, like, if I was here for, like, a week, I would have definitely stayed once somewhere else, too. I wouldn't have cared as much because it's like... yeah. Oh, I would just, like, buy a few bottles of water or whatever. I'd be like, okay, I only have, like, two days left of the trash situation. I could just get through it. And so it's like I would definitely have, like, an entirely different attitude about it. You know what this reminds me of? Like, this reminds me of our whole entire summer experience hiking where we just go into things blind with, like, absolutely no idea what we're doing. And then, like, every hike we went on, we're like, hey, you know, maybe we should pack an extra water bottle for the dogs. Hey, maybe we should bring some lunches. We got kind of hungry when we got lost. Hey, maybe we should bring some snacks. Hey, maybe we should bring the dogs dinner. Hey, maybe we should bring an extra bottle of the water for the car. Like every single time we went, we got more information. So I feel like this first Airbnb experience is your trial run and you're gonna have so much information for like the next time you go somewhere. Yeah, I already like there are so many things I would do differently especially like with the pesos I would make sure that they would have given me small pesos because you cannot get change here oh um, my gosh so I have like what the have 500s been doing? but like I can't use them unless I spend like 500 and that's a lot of pesos so I'm using my card all the time luckily the card oh, I just no. got has no exchange fees hey there you go so everything works out <laughs> everything works out because i got that card on the last day possible you know what that means you just need to go to a resort and spend the 500 pesos like that's all you but need like, to do at the resorts they'll basically just take like u.s money and i don't even i mean i have like a hundred dollars u.s money oh my gosh what a time to be alive have you even have had time to have a hyper fixation of of the week um yeah I, same, I, same i don't like this tv because it's on mm. their accounts and I can't get it off their accounts and I feel comfortable watching on their accounts. I would watch on their accounts. That's what it's for. But Mine like is 10 weird. and they're in Spanish. Oh. And so if I turn it off, then all the accounts will be off. So that I want to do that. Hmm. Whatever. YouTube's good though. It's not like you watch much TV anyway. And I have everything signed in on my laptop. Yeah. And I have a big laptop. Yeah. No, my hyperfixation isn't like information this week. It's more like food. Like I'm getting back into, like, I, like my breakfast of the month has changed or of the two months I used to eat I don't even know what I've been eating but I'm back on my scrambled eggs and like sausage mixed in with some kind of fun toast because Adrian's mom sent us Cuban bread like literally just another box of Cuban bread I'm like are we getting monthly deliveries of this now because if so I'm so down because she sends us way too much but they make the best croutons like homemade croutons so mm. anyways I've been eating that for breakfast and then making home I'm planning to make homemade croutons but that's my hyperfixation is that meal and Adrian saw me making it and he's like I'm so jealous so today I made him some and I put it in a little to-go thing for his work but I was I'm on that. I'm on that sausage egg bread kick for breakfast. And I will not stop because it is too convenient. I hate my breakfast, but I'm eating it. But I learned yesterday that ants use pheromones to like kind of communicate with each other. And their antennas are where their little smell receptors are. Which I, I was like researching during my ant infestation. When your hyperfixation is just you actually solving your problems. Well... I was like, how do they all know where to go? Like, do they have insanely strong noses? True. What's their nose? And they, well, they follow each other. There's like a leader. I remember once when we were living in Miami, Adrian's parents had a really big ant infestation and it was wild. There was like a hole in the floor and like we found some in the cabinets. We're like, where are they coming from? And you just looked up and you saw this line and then this other line and it went across the entire ceiling and down the entire wall and into the hole and we were like, oh my gosh, like hundreds of ants hundreds they had to like do the whole spray thing it was wild yeah i mean i know where they're coming in it's from the door oh my i see gosh. the line that comes in and then they go right to the trash <laughs> and i'm like i don't know what to do i get the spray but i couldn't find it here oh my god and and, to, like is amazon a thing in mexico so there's like mexican amazon which i've heard some like weird things about and they don't have everything that like the u.s amazon has that that's my my cultural shift i guess i have no idea what to fully do and i'm just vibing <laughs> one day at a I'm, time i'm trying to vibe 
just, you know, what would you, what advice would you give a client who is in the same situation? It's not going to be like this forever. And that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah. It's like, it's going to go like, you're going to, I've already learned so much. I keep learning new things and everything. And I'm like, it's okay. Like everything, you know, like the TikTok sound, like everything's new. I don't suck. Everything's new. I don't suck. Everything's new or whatever. Yes. And it's like, it's okay. Like everything is new, I think, but it's an extra mental challenge. If I was in Boston, I could do it though. Mm-hmm. Like, and it kind of brought me back to like, I had a moment on Saturday morning, just like crying. And it brought me back to like me moving into my first apartment alone. And mm-hmm. like that feeling, that whole new place, not knowing anything, not knowing any people and everything. And it was like a really terrifying day. And it's like, it kind of brought me back to like a lot of the same feelings. And I was like, it's okay. We got through it that time. I can get through it this time. Yeah. That's so good that you had that experience to look back on. Because I've been there too. Like whenever I moved to Miami to go to college, like completely by myself. And let me tell you, that felt like a foreign exchange program in Miami. (laughs) Like it literally did. Um, In the best way possible. Like I learned a lot and I met a lot of really cool people. But I remember that first day too. Like when my parents left me, I was like, oh, this is it. Like I need to solve problems by myself now. Awesome. Yeah. Anyways, that's good. That's good that you've been getting through it. So, and this will be exciting too, because we're recording the podcast the whole time while you're there. So like, that'll be cool for us to listen back and to see like how much things shift by November and like how exciting things will be then. Exactly. It's okay. Everything is, I'm not dying. Nah. So. Did you die though? You know, my sister had a sticker like that on her car. Did you die though? Like in her passenger side. That's what I, I always say that to my clients. And I think it's like, did anybody die? Like they did something, everything, like they failed. To, I'm like, did anybody die? No. Then we're good. What can we do next time? Yeah. And it's like, did you kill somebody? No. Great. Like if you did, please don't tell me. Like, but it's okay. Please tell someone else. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like we have like a non-disclosure, but like, let's not but go like, there. But it's like, as long as nobody died, as long as nobody got severely hurt, it's okay. Dude, yeah, that's something I've been working through, like perfectionism. And like, I know we've been talking about this, but like I had a brand proposal to send out this week and I thought I was going to mess it up. And I, I didn't know. I didn't. Did you know? I didn't know I was a perfectionist. Like this was made aware to me on Friday. And I, everybody I've told in my life is like, Ashley, yeah, of course you're a perfectionist. And oh, I'm I like, know you're a perfectionist. Why didn't anybody effing tell me that? I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> but actually, yeah. so the, when you said that, You Uh reminded me of content because you actually helped me work through a little bit of perfectionism in my business without you knowing. So I'm going to point out something you did. Um, So in 9 to Freedom, when I was in your program, not a sponsor. (laughs) Join. Um, It's a course now, so it's real cheap. (laughs) No, anyways. Basically, you messed up. and Or not necessarily like messed up, but like I think you didn't put the replays in like the next morning early and so oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you like just took a little bit longer people are, like asking for the replays or whatever and you're like oh here they are and obviously like I didn't go to your problem I, I didn't I don't know what Ashley was going through in her mind during that time if she was judging herself but I was like huh okay Ashley like didn't do it on time like it's okay no, and it's just like seeing was... you like mess up sometimes and like I also was in another program like near that time and she messed up and did something she's like oh she sent the wrong file and I was just like oh she messed up somebody just said it and then she just sent the new one and it it was like almost like a permission structure for perfectionism which I think is really helpful is to see other people mess up and when you're so focused on yourself and the perfectionism it's really nice to step out look at it objectively but also look at like see how other people are messing up see how they're tolerating like doing with it and everything can give you a permission structure to do the same. Mm, I love that. That's so good. No, and you know what's funny is you helped me with my perfectionism around content because not that you mess up in your content, but I don't think you overthink your content or at least it doesn't seem that way. Maybe you do, but I... Yeah, right. Like, no, I think it, like, I feel like when I watch your TikToks and things, like, it feels very authentic. And I'm like, that gives me permission to be myself. Because I think a lot of times, like, my perfectionism doesn't show up anymore 
with like how I work with my clients or inside of my business. I think it's more about how I present myself and like trying to be strategic and put together and come across as authority and be vulnerable, but not too vulnerable. And so I do a lot of overthinking in that way. But I think in watching your content, it's like, oh no, like you can literally just share whatever you want. You can think of it that day. You can share it that day. You can, in the best way possible. Like it's really an expander for me. And oh, it's been helpful. That's what I think like, about yours. That is so funny. <laughs> We're just like, okay, we just need to tell each other how awesome we are because we both think of each other in the same way. No, but like, it's just, it's funny that you kind of say that in a way because it's like, so, this is so stupid. I have a client, um, I love her to death and I'm like, I have her, I see her on Mondays and I wore the shirt, the shirt I wore basically yesterday actually because this happened and uh, like the first few weeks of seeing her, she's like, I really love your shirt by the way and I was just like, oh, thanks. And then I wore it again like two weeks later and I like remember the con like the comment and I almost was like nervous to wear it. So I like I forced myself to wear it like a day that I wasn't seeing her or anything. So I, she wouldn't see like I'm wearing the shirt too much or anything. And it's like I literally had anxiety about this for like I have been working with her for three freaking months. Like <laughs> yesterday. She's seen all the clothes. <laughs> session, not even though, but like session 11, like we... I wore that shirt again and I was nervous and like right before on the call I was like should I get changed or anything and then I was like she told me on the call like right away she's like man you're wearing my favorite shirt again and I was just like I was like honestly I almost changed because I was like nervous that you might think I wear it too much but then I don't even feel like I wear it too much I feel like I don't even wear it that much she was like oh I saw you on TikTok live this morning so if you'd if you'd change I would have commented and I was just like (laughs) wow my anxiety That would have been so funny if you changed and then you would have had to explain either way you would have to explain that whole thought process but yeah isn't it crazy like how we put ourselves in these little boxes of trying to be like who we think people need us to be and like it's like no people are pretty freaking okay with you just being whoever you are and it's also like I mean I was a huge perfectionist with starting out in content because I didn't want to do content the way that you were doing it originally when like I first was doing content is you were like batching everything you also like weren't doing as many talking videos you were yeah. doing a lot of the like written uh, content yeah written as well as like yeah. um the reels were basically just viral sounds and that's what was going at the time but i was yeah. like no i want to speak but i was having such a hard time like i would literally spend an entire day on one speaking video and it would just have been so edited down that it didn't even fully mm-hmm. make sense to me at the end and so after a month of doing that and like that kind of started the burnout is i was like you have three tries third try whatever the fuck you said you have to post it yes that's what i've been doing lately and so now i kind of allow myself like two tries <laughs> yeah but, like that's what makes it fresh and feel more like authentic, authentic. and like a conversation is. because if i keep saying it then it's not going to be right but it's also on that thing is i don't talk about it until i am extremely ready to talk about it so True. I wish I was able to do it more like earlier on, but that's something I'm working on internally. Yeah. No, like even yesterday I was recording something and I caught myself recording it for a second time and I was like, Ashley, this is it. You don't get to re-say this. You get to say the thought you're having because your thought you're having is good enough no matter how it comes out. Like, And it's true. It's like that's how you would talk to people in normal life, right? Like I would just even on this podcast, I'm gonna, I probably don't make sense half the time. And I'm not going to re-record it to get it perfect because I don't care. But I think there's a lot of pressure, especially with like the algorithms and TikTok. Like I need to get the first three seconds right and I need to do this right. And like there's so much information out there about how to make the best TikTok and all these tips. And it's like I saw one today that was like, hey, you want to know how to make a video go viral? It has nothing to do with watch time. It has everything to do with the getting followers. So you want to make sure halfway through the video that you remind people to follow you. And I was like, that guy did it in the video before he like got to the end and he was like remember to follow me I was like I hated that and he's like and then the tip is to do that and I was like I hated that and then imagine if you're already a perfectionist and you're recording and you're like oh yeah I gotta remember to say to follow me and it's like no thank you that's why I gave up on CTAs I don't do them I sound so awkward like I recorded a video yesterday where I was like at the end I was kind of like oh do I need a call to action and I was like so follow me follow me follow if you want to fix this I don't know we'll figure it out (laughs) like yep good enough Because at Night of Freedom, you're like, oh, call to action is so important. So you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I was like, I almost like hyper fixated on it for a while. And like, Mm. it felt so unnatural. And so then I was just like, you know what? They're going to know what to do. They're going to figure it out. And I kind of just like gave that, manifested that to the universe. I'm like, they're going to figure it out. If they liked it, they're obviously going to follow me. 
also too is like i know like because when you click the little circle it just automatically press follows and then you go to the page and everything which is like a lot of people hate and i don't touch that button ever i also go through my followers and delete all the time but it's something to like know is like if you like it you're probably going to like it because oh i gosh. know if yes. i don't like something i'm gonna scroll or i'm gonna press like hold hold press and do not interested so it doesn't come up yeah and a lot of times like i don't actually follow people the first time i wait till the for you four page shows times. me them four to five times if i liked them four times i'm like okay and it's the same like it's literally just sales psychology where it's like you know, so if you want people to follow your call to actions, mini business lesson, if you want people to follow your call to actions, you actually need to be seen as an authority. And that is a sales psychology strategy because it means people want to listen to you when you tell them what to do. For example, you go to the doctor's office, they tell you to take the kind of medicine. You don't ask questions, you take the medicine because they're the authority. So like when you're creating content, the goal is that you know, people listen to you because they trust you and they think they want to do what you say. But like, if it's a 30 second TikTok and I'm seeing you for the first time, why would I think you're an authority? Why would I trust what you say? You can't use that strategy. I don't know you yet. So we need to switch to a different strategy, which is the study that shows that, you know, it takes seven to uh, 27 times for someone to make a decision or buy something. It's the same thing. They need to see you like that five to 27 times to buy into following you even. And that came true because yesterday I posted a very imperfect TikTok about manifestation, which I'm not an expert in. I just like talking about it because I think it's fun. That video is doing the best ever and I got a hundred followers from it. And I was like, I didn't even tell anybody to follow me. I was just like, look at this cool thing I did. I just manifested a bunch of free stuff this weekend. Because if they wanted to, they will. Right, it's if they like wanted if to, wanted they to, would. Will. They, they will, they will, they will. I yeah. am, my account is living proof of that. I've probably yeah. said, I have not said like, follow me if you want more since February. Yeah, Dead ass. it's so true. If they wanted to, they would. And the other thing I think too is like, whatever you, whatever strategy you decide, whether it's with your ADHD, your mindset, your friendships, your business, your career, whatever strategy you decide will work will be the one that works. And if you decide something doesn't work, it won't work, right? So if I believe I have to live in a world where I have to have call to actions and if I don't have call to actions, I won't get followers, then I'm just gonna like portray that into the world and get that scene back to me or shown back to me versus if I live in a world where like, yeah, of course I get followers every time I post, even if I don't say anything, like that's gonna start happening. And I think something that's interesting about the authority figure thing is like a lot of people ask me questions and I'm like, just go look it up in my, like my first reaction to, and like, you know, this, I'm like, just go look it up. Like, I don't want to answer this, but then I'm like, they reply and like, could you answer? I want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this, like, because they are looking for that. And so even though right. to me, I'm like, well, I would just look it up. It's like, no, they are looking at me as not necessarily parasocial, but they want to know my thoughts and opinions on things. And so yeah. I can share them and I can say that, see what I found, see what I know and everything. And it's like, that doesn't mean what I see and find is always right, but it's, mm -hmm. you can in show me more things that I might have not seen and everything. And it's like, being an authority figure doesn't mean you need to be like, an authoritarian it means that you just have a higher presence and like that does if you're an authentic authoritative figure i don't know if i'm <laughs> saying anything right right now but like yeah well it's like you if you're a conversation an about it yeah if you're an authentic authority or if just you're a thought leader right because a thought leader is just like so like there's authority style of content that you can create too and there's like five types of authority content and basically that just means people are looking up to you and they respect your opinion and they know that you kind of look at your industry look at topics and have a bird's eye view that a lot of people miss or even you have unique opinions, right? Like one of the types of authority content is having unpopular or unusual opinions about how things should be. And we both have many of those about the coaching space, about ADHD, about business, about all those things. And you're right, like it's like, it's weird because it's almost like you claim that space for yourself and you get to, you get to take up that space. So if anybody is like, oh, I wish I could create content one day, like you can, you just have to start sharing your opinion and your opinion gets to be your opinion. And it's, I kind of get the same vibe whenever I talked about manifestation, which is cool because I want to attract clients who like manifestation because I think that stuff is so fun. And then now they're asking me how I manifest things. And I'm like, well, I don't actually do it. I listen to this really awesome podcast and I do this work through this app and these meditations. But it feels weird to share it at first because I'm like, well, this isn't my theory, but I'm allowed to like share my experience using the theories of someone else, which is just like 
how thought leaders kind of operate a lot of the times. And I think I like the term like thought leader a little bit more than like authoritative figure or authority yeah. like account or anything because it's like my opinion it's not a fact and yeah. it's like please don't take it like this is my opinion and my current state of consciousness and knowledge and everything you can tell me some more information and we don't have to believe everything and like we can have a conversation about it and obviously like that doesn't always like go well on the internet but it mm. also provides a place to like expand and like something that I'm realizing is I need to state more of my not necessarily unpopular opinions but like unpopular opinions in the sense that like these are truly things like I kind of believe in and though they might seem harsh possibly at first because when I first started hearing these things is like those opinions help you really change your mind they're not going to change your mind in one day you're going to think like that's so annoying that's so stupid scroll past but then two months later, like you might take on that belief because you need to kind of desensitize around it. And like one example is I saw a TikTok maybe in like March, I'm not joking, of you need to pay attention to what your friends are saying and how they're saying it. Like, I don't care if your friends are saying I hate myself in like a funny way because take away that like behavior of how they're saying it what are they saying? They're saying that I hate myself. I hate you or anything like that's not a positive thing. That's not how you want to make a relationship. A relationship shouldn't be bond over a common negative. You want to build over a common positive because the common negative will always find a lot of negative and then your relationship will be like built in the negative. And so I was like, you know what? Shut up, shut up, scroll past that. Two months later, I was like, I really need to work on that. I was like, I need mm -hmm. to stop saying I hate myself in an ironic way. Like, that's not okay. That's, I, I do not believe in that anymore. And I don't, yeah. I don't say that. Mm -hmm. I say like, I hate this or I hate that. I can say yeah. that, but I don't hate myself and I'm not going to ever say that in an ironic way. Yeah, that's so true. I don't feel like I would ever say I hate myself, but. Because like, even if you're saying it in an ironic way, like your brain doesn't perceive it as that. Right. Just as like listening to what you're telling it. Yeah. It's so true. That's why a lot of times it's like important to catch your thought process. I guess this is an episode about perfectionism because like your perfectionism will literally say the meanest things. Like yesterday, whenever I was trying to like do my media kit and send it to this brand who literally asked for it, my brain is like, I've been procrastinating and it's been like a month and they're like, my brain is like, well, it's too long. They're not gonna care about you because you waited a month and nothing matters and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Psh, bleh, bleh, bleh. Unfath, not proven, not proven. So we're gonna try because what 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 happens when you try? The worst that happens is they they ghost you, like you ghosted them. But they literally were already replied, and now they're like, cool, this looks great. Send us packages, and they sent me a creative brief telling me the description of what they're looking for. And so now I get to present my proposal to them, and now I'm just like freaking out even more because I have to ask for money. And so one of the things that I has helped my perfectionism in a lot, and me and Victoria kind of talked about this, how like we both help each other by being examples, is looking for examples of the things that I want to do, not in a sense that people have done it perfectly, but just like in a sense that it can be done. So for example, like I've been told I can charge a certain amount of money for the number of followers that I have, and I'm like, okay. But I want to see someone who's done this at my level to like know that it can happen. So that's mm -hmm. kind of my mission for today is to find someone. And I downloaded that app you told me to download. But you have to get approved to be on it. It's called Clara for Influencers. It like shows you rates that people are getting paid. Um, so I submitted oh, my app? information. It's an app. I submitted my information and they're like, okay, well, we're, we approve everyone to make sure that this is authentic and these are real. So, I mean, that's cool. So I'm hoping I get on that today so I can kind of see like what rates people are charging, even though it goes by follower, which is kind of meh, so. So I didn't know that that was an app. I literally just, my client sent me that TikTok. That's so funny. So yeah, no, I looked it you. up. You sent it to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's an app. Um, I'm gonna go check this app out and we'll see. I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I think like, so, we can get on this is um, I know we want to talk about like your diagnosis and everything, but something that's so interesting is like, okay, so perfectionism and like a neurotypical versus perfectionism with ADHD is like, we hyper fixate on the thoughts and how it all happens. And it's like, and we hyper fixate on the feelings that could happen and what people will do and everything. And the anxiety goes to another level. And we can talk about this in so many different ways. First, like, with getting you diagnosed is like giving your email to my mother. I gave her the email like four or five times now, like just emailing your email to her, like 
here it is, send her an appointment, edit, send her an appointment. She's had your email for two weeks, and then again, I had to send it last night for her to email you. Yeah. Fun fact, everyone, my, um, Adrian, or Adrian, Victoria's mom is uh, getting me diagnosed with ADHD while going through the testing process, and she messaged me last night and was like, okay, we're going to do it Friday. Are you available Friday? And I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Because now, even you know how funny it is that perfectionism is, is kicking in for this? Because I'm like, okay, what is the test? I need to know what the questions are beforehand. I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to mess this up. I, I need can to send you the have... questions if you want. I have <laughs> no, I the entire packets on my computer because I've downloaded everything. Oh my gosh, that's I'm... so funny. I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm stressed. I'm... Huh. I know, no, I'm like, what if I'm a fraud? What if this is but fake? Like... Let's, let's get into the diagnosis thing because this is actually what you were having is like a really common fear um, in the diagnosis process. And it's more common when like, I think depending on the age you're getting diagnosed. So it's like if you're understanding and you are trying to get this diagnosis, where like for me going to get that diagnosis, I didn't know what the hell was happening. I was like, hey, go get I was this stupid. I, they were like, go do this. And I was like, okay. Like I didn't question it. I wasn't in the space to do that, whatever. Where it's like now, like obviously your brain is like formative, like everything. You question things and like you're an adult and it's like, okay, like a uh, big thing is like masking like what if i what if i mask too much and they they don't think i have adhd because of that right. what if i like do it a certain or like there's so many things and so what i always tell is like one i think is really funny is a lot of people you know when like you're masking i guess trying to hide that you're drunk but like we all mm-hmm. know you're drunk yeah i know people think they're really really good at masking i think masking adhd i can personally always tell and maybe it's that's because so I'm good ADHD. but i'm like no I, I know you're masking but like anxiety i know i do mask that really well because i've been told time and time and time again that they're like you have anxiety you have everything so together you you're so put together you have a business you have this you have this you're only 24 like you are so together like even um elliot you're like internally i'm screaming he's like i he's like i feel so like unsuperior to you and i'm just like dude i'm like an anxious ball like are you kidding me i'm just like a little anxious nugget over here it's like Obviously, I mean, you're going with, like, my mom. And so, like, that's, like, a whole different diagnosis process. <laughs> but it's, like, it can be really terrifying to, like, how should you show it? Can I get the questions earlier so that, like, I don't, like, second guess it? How do I be honest and everything? And there's a lot of anxiety around the test that, like, you don't think about until, like, then it comes up, like, the week before. And you're, like, oh, gosh. Literally. And your mom asked me if I want to do it on Zoom or phone. I'm like, I want to do it on the phone so I can just be anxious by myself and I don't have to look at anybody. <laughs> oh, I would do it on Zoom. Yeah, I should do it on Zoom. I was thinking that. Do it on Zoom until a bow is. Oh, That's so funny. Yeah. For, I was like, Friday? That's so soon. But okay. Sounds She'll good. be basically doing it in my room because that's going to be her office. That's so funny. Wild. You'll be used to the background and everything. That's She's supposed coming. to know how to use the computer. I don't know if she does. <laughs> but I, I personally, okay, so this is interesting. Is like I would do it over Zoom because I have, I realized my anxiety on phone calls is around um, not being able to see how the other person is reacting. And so even though like on a Zoom, I'm having to have a higher state of consciousness and constantly be watching it, Rather than, mm-hmm. like, in person, I can have, like, a little bit less. Over the phone, I am extremely, like, in an anxiety sense and fight or flight trying to figure out from tone of voice and trying to pick it out so much. And it's, like, obviously that says a lot about me and, like, that's something for me to work on and everything. But, like, when cl- I have had clients in the past be like, oh, I don't want to do it over Zoom. Can we do it over a phone call? And I'm like, no, I can't do that because it's, like, I, <laughs> no, I, will be I cannot. I can't. Yeah. That makes that's sense. That's me. Yeah, I'll it'll probably be better over Zoom to like talk to real people. Don't don't you do? I'll do weird dances if I do it over the phone. Like anytime I've done sales calls over the phone, I'm like walking around my house and I'm like, like you sit in like the weirdest position and you're like kind of like mopping or something and you're like trying to like distract yourself. Yeah, I would do over Zoom, but that's me. All right, I'm glad we talked about it. I'll do over Zoom, but yeah, Victoria and I have talked about like getting diagnosed before, like obviously on different hikes and things like that, and I 
I'm 27, so it's just like a weird experience to have just realized, um, just realized when I met Victoria, I really realized because she told me that I probably have ADHD. Um, but it's been weird to like live a whole life without knowing something like this. And I know a lot of people have been going through that experience just from people sharing stories on TikTok and stuff. And like, I think one of the things Victoria and I talked about is how like, obviously I'm nervous to get diagnosed, but mostly because I'm like tests just tests tests or make me nervous um but like I'm not like if it's ADHD like I don't think it's really gonna like make my brain explode because I've like known Victoria for almost a year now and I've had time to process it but then one thing Victoria that you made me like realize is that in addition to that like I've done a lot of like personal development work prior to even knowing I had ADHD which helped me manage my ADHD without me even realizing it. it was lending itself to that have you seen that happen with like clients of yours or things like that so in your situation we've kind of talked about this is like oftentimes we have a flood of emotions and there's a lot to kind of digest in that of like is like processing that and it's like almost you have to grieve your past self in that sense because it's Mm -hmm. like okay so I've had ADHD my whole life um what does that mean for past self? Like, how do I want to honor that going forward? There's a lot to kind of like, my what could have my life been is a lot of the thoughts that happen. Like, how would have my life been different um, if I was diagnosed at three years old, 10 years old, whatever, like it is. And, or even at 15, how would my life have been different? And I think it's okay to think about some of those things and everything, but I think then with ADHD, is we can hyperfixate on those as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that can take time to like process them. I like diagnosis and everything. And that's why like a lot of my clients will go to diet, like get diagnosed, go to therapy for like a year or two. And then they're like, okay, like therapy ain't it for me anymore. Like, and then hire me like a coach and they're like, let's go, like, let's move forward. I want to build my life now. Like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I process that. I understand that. But like the therapy's not for me. Like what's the next step I want to move forward, which is like what coaching is. It's about like, this has happened. That's okay. What's next. And so totally. I think you've already been through so much of that process and everything in your life, as well as like one being around me and just seeing what like being diagnosed is like, I mean, we have a lot of similar lived experiences, not to like diminish either of our lived experiences. They're slightly different, but like we've both had very similar kind of upbringings in a way, but different as well as like how you've kind of like grown up the past few years, the self-development, working on yourself, having a business, like kind of just, yes, you still are working on perfectionism. And I think perfectionism is a lifelong battle of like how it shows up is like, you have to break it down in each little step and everything. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with anxiety. And it's just like, okay, like this has happened and it's, you've seen it and you've kind of come to realize it over the past year. And so it's totally. not a sudden like brick up against a wall, like, oh my God, I have it for you. Yeah. And I feel like I appreciate that being the process because I would totally be the kind of person who is like, oh my God, like literally when I tell you on Friday, I realized I was a perfectionist. I was like sobbing. I was like literally crying on a call with a coach. Like when I was like explaining things that had happened in my life and frustrations I'd been having. And then she's like, so what I'm hearing is when you were a child, like you had to be perfect and prove yourself to get love. And I was like, and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't anybody freaking tell me this? this is horrible. Like, oh my gosh, I hate this. And I literally spent the whole weekend like, okay, we're journaling this shit out of this. I'm getting this out of my head. We're going to come up with a plan. I'm not doing this. And I would hate to have that experience. Like, I'm, I'm sure like we can get through anything, right? Coming back to like, did you die though? We No one's about dying here with an ADHD diagnosis. But I'm so glad I've had a year to like think about it. And I have done those things where I've talked to my sister and I'm like, have I been nerfed my entire life? And I'm like, if I have been nerfed, like I still have a lot of things to be proud of for doing it well nerfed, right? So I do have my business that's successful. I have done a lot of things and I have done a lot of things that past me really wanted to do. So I'm like, okay, well just imagine what getting diagnosed now does for you if you have extra tools and resources and information about how your brain works. Like I'm like, okay, cool. We're uncovering the nerf, whatever the nerf is on my brain. And like that goes into like what the whole point of this is, is one is like community. Cause it's like, We talked about this, if you were alone, if like we didn't know each other and then you were going to get this diagnosis, you didn't have Sasha, your sister, or you didn't have Adrian and like you were alone and you have your parents being like, why do you want this and everything? Like, oh my God, you would have that flood of emotions. That would be a lot more common because like you don't have a place to outlie, like talk about this, process this and everything, see it. 
And it's like, that's why it's so important to have like thought leaders, everything of like all different types to see you in different lights. That's why it's important. Like we need to see us to kind of believe it, which is like a thing about working on perfectionism, but also just like us planning things that we're going to do in the second business is we had to just see somebody else do it in a certain way to allow ourselves to do it that day on the site, like cycling and figuring things out. We're like, I need to look up this person to see like how they did that. Okay, we can do it. Like, and just give yourself that permission structure. And it's so important to have that. And like, that's kind of what led you as well as like, you thought like, okay, like I've been nerfed my life. Like that kind of sucks, but like, I've done a lot of things. I kind of figured it out. Like, what can I rethink about and retry and do? And like, you're already in that mindset of like, okay, that happened. Um, what can I do to move forward? What can I do to make things easier for my brain? Now that like, I know my brain thinks differently. Like, okay, I survived the best I could those past years and everything. I had the, like, I used the tools I possibly could that I could have known about and knew. Like every coping mechanism is a coping mechanism. They're not necessarily all good per se like but they, but serve they served us. you to a point yeah and it's like it's not serving you anymore so how can i move forward and like that's the same thing with burnout that's the same thing with so many things and like a lot of my clients if they're like okay like that's how i've been working and like that's how i've been doing things but like okay you just taught me how my brain works in this certain way like what's the best way to move forward like there's a million different ways to calculate tip on a bill when you go to a restaurant everyone will tell you a different thing there's a thousand ways mm -hmm. whatever one works for you is fine just do it. Me personally. And we just have to find that phone. way for you. Yeah. And build up the perseverance to get there. Mm-hmm. No, but it makes so much sense because, like, yeah, my parents, like, whenever I was like, I think I'm going to get tested for ADHD this year. At first, they're like, you don't have that. that. That's not you. That's not your experience. I'm like, you don't know my experience. Um, and then they're like, and then they're like, well, even if you did have it, why would you want to know? Like, what does that do for you now? Like, you're already 27. Why does it matter? Does it really change anything for you? And so, like, if you're in that situation and you're going through that experience, like, know you're not alone in that experience and know that, like, you're right in wanting to understand your lived experience, wanting to understand yourself. I feel like it's very similar to I love knowing my astrology and my human design because it gives me more information to know how I operate, how I make decisions, how I trust myself. It just gives you more information on who you are because the more you know yourself, the more you can do what Victoria is saying, which is find healthy coping mechanisms, find strategies, find ways to move you forward. And I think with all kinds of coaching, it really does come back to the fact that like once you have information, whether it's like perfectionism, uh, your imposter syndrome, your ADHD, if you're at a point where you've healed all that you feel like you can heal or even simultaneously you can heal past experiences and want to move forward, when you move forward, it's how did that serve me? What are ways that I can get that need fulfilled in other ways that feel better for me? And how do I want to use these new tools to do something different for myself? And I think that is really what coaching is about in all aspects of life, ADHD, perfectionism, mindset, business, whatever. And that's really, really where you go from somewhere like that. But community is huge. It's called. And I was like, okay, gotta go create a Facebook again. Like I've created so many Facebook, I don't ever even use them or anything. And then I like, I mean, I we sold. could even create a discord or a Slack I, channel but like, or something. Something that was so interesting is on the alumni of my coach, I went to, I did HCI, uh, Health Coach Institute, if anybody wants to know. And then the alumni group, somebody made a post uh, two days ago about how pissed they were with the group and they're like this is a place I want to come for support stop selling your services in here and everything like I want to come mm -hmm. and I want to get free support this is supposed to be a community this is everything like that's what we are creating and everything like we are not here to sell our specific services if you want to go to our pages and look at that and everything and get coaching with us you can but the point of this like podcast at least is to create like a community to have these ideas to have these thoughts to know you're not alone because like we both felt alone especially with starting our businesses and everything and like i found it so interesting and like i also sent you another post that was a few weeks ago and they were like do you want to create like a weekly group where we all talk and just share our struggles and it's like that is literally like what a lot of like i know like we i just said like don't film your entire relationship on like a negative like a common negative and like we don't build our relationship on a common negative we built our relationship on the dogs to start or like i guess we did kind of we talked about puppyhood which can be very negative but whatever um is like we just state our like things out loud we're just at like this and then we just solve problems or like solving problems 
sometimes in like in my I guess in body doubling which I write if you don't know what body doubling is basically like two or more people sitting with a like-minded idea of working you don't necessarily need to be on the same thing like doing the same thing but just like having a space to work with the idea of that creates one like uh what's it called accountability as well as like a time and place to do that like that kind of like forces you to do that clients find it really helpful and so I was traveling on Friday and in my group they were like oh a bunch of people needed to work on their LinkedIn their resume and everything and they're like oh well Victoria's not running body doubling on Friday can we all, let's all meet during the normal time and now they're like how should we meet and I was like guys I'll give you a zoom link like here you go you guys sign on to it like go do that and like they just kind of stated their problems out loud and they're like oh I'm a career coach oh I know how to build resumes oh I'm a resume writer and like mm -hmm. people just started to come together and build that stuff and it's like sometimes in a safe place you really it's really helpful to just state your problems out loud and yeah people will come and help and I think with ADHD is like I got replies from that is like how emotional that experience was for them to like be able to say their problems and people were just like there to help them is like yeah. we often don't have that yeah no it's so true even in my my membership made for everything which is like we do one call a month where we all get together people do the same thing they state their problems we work as a group to brainstorm a solution for said problems sharing past examples things like that but i am just like so impressed by the women in that community because we have a slack channel and they are literally in there every week like hey i'm I set this as my goal for this month and I've been really struggling to take breaks and exercise. Like who can help me? And so we all come together and we ask her questions and we come up with solutions or tell stories. There are even people in there who are like, hey, just created my first sales page for this course. Can you, can somebody take a look at it? And like they're literally doing deep dives into each other's sales pages and giving feedback and giving thoughts as a, like a client perspective. And I'm like, that is so cool because no one is obligated to do that. No one is obligated to help each other in that way. But it's like you said, like when you feel safe somewhere and you know that there's a mutual benefit of this group of like-minded people being there you are so open to sharing your struggles telling your story and helping other people and so I think that's why it's going to be really important for us to create a group for everyone listening mm -hmm. to this to do that and the intention behind it is really going to be like you know, let's talk about these things. Let's talk about getting diagnosed with ADHD and I'll tell you how it goes so you can tell me how it goes for you. Or maybe, you know, finding people like Victoria who are like you and maybe you've been diagnosed your whole life and that's not a very common experience, especially if you're a woman or a woman identifying person, right? And maybe she can work you through that experience or other people can share their stories because it is having those experiences that have helped me process this whole thing. And that like, even if my parents tell me it doesn't matter if I get diagnosed or not, like, Victoria is proof that it's very beneficial. She's very successful knowing that about herself. My sister is like very encouraging, right? And there's people in my life who are like, do what you need to do. Like, I'm here to support you. I've been through that experience. And that changes how you look at life and the world and yourself. And I think two things that you mentioned is like, one, like it's very, it's very common for females to either be diagnosed very young, but their parents to hide that from you. I have a lot of clients who have that. Oh my God, that happened to my friend. Yeah. She's like, turns out I've had ADHD conflict. my whole life. And, and then her mom was like, oh yeah, I've known you've had that. Like, it's just not but real. Yeah. I have a lot of clients Crazy. who have this. They, they were diagnosed between like the ages of like three to five. So they don't really have the memory of it. And yeah. then they go through their whole life and everything. And then in college, like oftentimes, and I'm not saying this is always the case, but every client that I've had with it, they basically will have like a rocky relationship with their parents. So then they get diagnosed in college and don't tell their parents until like they're actually diagnosed, tell their mm -hmm. parents. And then their parents are like, that's fake. Like we know that, like, but that doesn't, that's not real. And it's like, you just got diagnosed with it twice though. And oh I have a goodness. lot of people who have been diagnosed like multiple times and everything. Um, which that's something to process and that's like also the point of like community and having a place to see how it kind of shows up online and like a frustration i have is like i don't believe that adhd has really shown up well online i know mm -hmm. there's a lot of content creators who kind of like show it but they animate it in too specific and like heightened in a way that's not really real Relatable. and not something yeah. i personally can relate to and like that's an issue for me personally that i've had to work through but also told me how I need to shift content is like, I don't relate to any of this stuff. 
I was like, so I'm a fraud. And I was like, no, no, no. Mm. One, remember, ADHD is a spectrum disorder, so we all like can show it differently, but it's also like, what is unmanaged versus managed ADHD? What is working through that, going through that self-development period? Because something we'll talk about later is like RSD and everything in a whole nother episode. There's a lot to go on that. Um, and it's like, we can kind of work through that. And then it's like, if you don't feel that, and like everyone talks about it as a symptom, be like, well, am I fraud? Like, I don't know, like, what, what does this mean and everything? And so it's like, that's one, like a big point of like community, having people show up online like that and seeing how different it can kind of play out is really important. No, but what, what I heard and like what you're saying is like the other important thing of seeing people is knowing that like we are not broken, like nothing is wrong with us. And I think that is probably an issue too when it comes to content creation and how ADHD is portrayed is because it's hard to see people going through your experiences and normalizing those experiences. But when you're with real people who are not creating for the sake of entertainment, like you can see those real life experiences. I think one of the most eye-opening things for me whenever you were like, hey, maybe you have ADHD is like me finally getting information that like my depression episodes or depressive episodes are normal and it's not that I have depression that was the wildest thing because my whole life I would have depressive episodes and I never understood if was I depressed like did I need to get diagnosed with depression is this actually a thing that I'm gonna deal with for my whole life is it something else am I just sad like what are these feelings but then whenever I like made was and this isn't even talked about in TikTok content it's literally not like it's not is it is it I don't never see it Okay, so I don't want to fully get into this, but we both talk about tinks. There's there's a lot of issues there. We won't get into that. But oh, <laughs> she has said publicly she has ADHD. I told you for months. I was like, she has ADHD. Like, mm-hmm. let me tell you this. Like, I swear in my life. And then like last September, she like said in a post or something that she had ADHD. She doesn't take meds or whatever. Um, fine, I don't care. And then throughout the kind of winter, she was kind of having this like depressive period, almost like that you were having. And it was just like, oh, I have, and she was talking about it as like, I kind of just go through like bouts of needing like a lot of alone time, but then other times I'm really good and everything. And it's like, it's not depression, it's not depression. And I was like, no, like it's not. Those are like kind of like the episodes inside of ADHD. And it's like, but we need to talk about that. And it's like, no one some people will show it but they they're not talking about what it really is what that kind of means what they do and like people often talk about it like oh i just need like a two-month hibernation period and it's like it's not necessarily burnout it's not necessarily like anything specific but it's just kind of like a lower period for your brain and you kind of just got to work through it things are going to be a little bit harder and everything and like that's okay and like you had one of those and i knew that and so it's like I could tell, like, and I was like, I don't know if it's puppyhood, I don't know, like, and I kind of was just like, let me back off a little bit, like, she needs some space, like, I could tell you were really stressed and everything, you were taking calls at lunch all the time, um, when we were at the park, and I was just like, she just needs some time, and I was like, that's fine, like, no worries, I'm not gonna, like, I go through those all the time, like, I don't need to judge anybody, and it's like, but people don't share about that or explain that stuff, and it's also hard to kind of show yeah well it's hard to show because the last thing I wanted to do was like film about myself right like I it was so bad like I could not find the will to work like I would want to work so bad I wanted to work so bad I would sit at my desk and cry because all I wanted to do was have the energy to write content to engage with my clients to have fun because my business is fun and I was like I know something's messed up because I love my business I freaking love it there's nothing I love more than client calls and creating content and being creative and so like to get to a place where you're just sitting there staring at your keyboard and you're sobbing because you don't want to work like I wish someone could have told me like, hey, like this is normal. This is okay. You're allowed to feel this way. And you don't have to force yourself to work today. You're allowed to just be sad. And you're allowed to take the time that you need to process your emotions. And this doesn't mean that you're depressed. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. This is just a part of how your brain works. And that's okay. And there's like, imagine all the resources I could have had access to if I knew I had ADHD, which is like part of the part of me that's like, oh, I'm a little bitter about that. Also, like, why is nobody talking about this? But now I'm like, I will gladly talk about this because that is real. And understanding that, like, I'm terrible for winter everybody (laughs) I'm so scared because I don't want to get depressed again but this year I'm not burning myself out I have healthy coping mechanisms I'm setting that foundation like we talked about a couple episodes ago but um I'm like so scared but I know this time if I do get depressed again like it's okay 
I'm allowed to not work. I will be safe in not working because I own my own business and I've set myself up to make a stable income if I work or if I don't. Um, like, I'll be okay. And it's normal. And I'm not broken because of it. And I think that's why we need to see people going through these experiences because I felt broken and I felt like something was wrong with me. And that's not okay. And there's nothing wrong with anyone going through those feelings. And it's like... I didn't know, like, you had ADHD in that time. Like, I didn't know you yeah. well enough. And I wasn't going to be like, hey, like, you might just be going through, like, a little, like, episode. Like, You're oh just a little depressing. Like, it's like, fine. Not, I was like, now I could say that. But, like, back then, I definitely wouldn't have. And, like, that's yeah. also, it goes to show, like, a lot of people talk about, like, oh, like, ADHD is misdiagnosed as anxiety and depression in females. And it's like, that's why. Like, those mm-hmm. episodes are exactly why. No, and yeah. If I would have gone to therapy then, they would have told me I was depressed. Yeah. And so it's like, it's important to know that like, you just go through like, it, it. there's not always burnout cause it. There's not always certain things that cause it. They just kind of go about. Sometimes you can know that they're going to happen. And it's also so important during those times, which also goes into community of like somebody, when you're having that, if you were crying at your desk and everything, they're like, it's okay. Like, you know, you've been going through this for a month. Like you maybe don't have that much longer of it. And like, that's totally. okay. And like, we'll get you through this. Like, it's okay. It's not always going to be like this. And I think like for me, like those reminders were helpful. Like Mm -hmm. I would give myself them as like, it's okay. Like this is this time, you know, this, you've made it out of here before. It's not always going to be like this and everything. And we will get back out there. We're just going to need to give ourselves some time right now. And like that time can be really hard to give yourself. And that's like Mm -hmm. a learning experience in itself, but it's, it's okay. And that's definitely something we need to like show more often because it also shows me really like how I need to shift my content. Like, because a frustration I have online and have always had is I don't feel represented Mm -hmm. with ADHD specifically and Mm -hmm. with grief and ADHD. And it's like, I'm going to make a big post about that this week with like, um, tomorrow will be one year of Canon passing. And it's like, I want to talk about my experience in grief and ADHD and like, the struggles in that and everything because it's not talked about yeah. what object permanence means to me is like if you're grieving it's hard because you don't fully feel it and it's like totally. that's where it's hard and like we don't talk about that we don't see that because a lot of the ADHD content is still and it needs to be and there are like we do need these accounts and I'm not saying anybody's bad by doing this but I think mm-hmm. at this point we don't need more pounds of like, if this is happening, you might have ADHD. I think we have enough of those. And I've always said from the beginning is like, I don't want to be that account. I don't want to be the account that fully helps you realize you have ADHD. I want to help you see an account and like show how ADHD can play out when you're managing it, what that kind of look like, what that means, and like show you a lived experience with that and like what we can do, workarounds, how it shows up in a life. And yeah. like realistically and not like, over exaggerating anything and like so some days when I'm really frustrated and I was having a really hard time getting myself to focus and I did all of my stuff is like I drove to your apartment I sat down with you and we wrote emails that one day together and I had a popsicle at 10 a.m and like I filmed that whole thing and I was like guess what I got everything done but like that's what I needed that day and we don't see enough online no no it's so true No, but it's so true. I feel like a lot of the content that is created, which you're right, is needed, is the content creators who are like, these are the signs you have ADHD. These are the quirky parts of ADHD. Oh, this is funny, right? And that's fun and it's great awareness. But you're right, like there's not a lot of content being created that's like, this is a lived experience. This is what it looks like to manage it. This is what it looks like to manage it well. This is what it looks like on bad days. This is what it looks like to cope in certain ways. This is like, this is what it looks like to ask for help, right? All of those things like, and I even think about like now even knowing that you know I've had depressive episodes and I think I dragged them out because I didn't allow myself to feel my feelings and I forced myself to you know work and work and work and work and so I just I just pushed my feelings aside which made it worse and it I'm sure like you know even last month I was like hmm, feeling a little sad today and instead of it diving into a month of being sad because I'm ignoring it I'm like hey what do I need today I need to feel my feelings okay cool I'm gonna allow myself to feel my feelings and I'm gonna take that time but you're right. There's like, it's hard to show that sometimes. And there's not a lot of people who show that. And I think like even myself as a business coach, it's hard to like think, do people want this? Because like, that's not the content we see. So like, it's almost like going back to like, is there evidence that this will do well? Because for me, I hate 
I hate the business content that's like, I made a million dollars. My life is amazing. I just made 10K. I just made 100K. I'm a seven figure business owner. Like, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. It's not impressive. I think I've made posts about this before where I'm like, that doesn't make me buy things anymore. Cause I don't, I think very many people have access to do that and have the ability to make a shit ton of money. That's cool. But what isn't talked about is like, how do you manage a huge pivot? How do you change your business in your mindset? How do you manage ADHD and having a business? Like, there's all these like hardships that it's so hard to portray online, but then it's like, also in the back of your mind, you're like, do people want this? Like, is this going to be helpful? And you know it's gonna be helpful, but part of me is always like, hmm, but it's not the norm. And stay tuned for part two of this conversation because Ashley and I, by accident, went on a two hour conversation and we wanna share it all with you, but not at once to overwhelm you and the conversation goes into a lot of 